It was an awesome time of worship. Come on, give it up for the worship team. Come on, leading us into the presence of God every single time we come together. As, uh, as most of you can see, I'm not Pastor Eddie. Our lead pastor, Pastor Eddie, is usually preaching on Sunday morning. So if you don't like what happens today, come back next week. <laughs> but no, I have the honor and the opportunity to share the word of God with you this morning because our pastors, Pastor Sherry and Pastor Eddie, are celebrating 40 years of marriage. So they're actually out of town spending time together. Um, and so we're just, we're just going to continue to pray for them, pray for their marriage, pray for their, their leadership and everything that they do. And so we're just grateful for that. Um, but today we're going to be jumping in, if you will, go to 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 9. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 9. I'm going to read this. This is quite a bit of scripture, but we're going to get this kind of uh, at the forefront so that we can dive into what God has for us today. Are you ready for what God has for you today? Come on, are you ready for the word? All right, here we go. You ready? Verse 9. The king of Israel, the king of Judah, and the king of Edom. That's three kings. All right, just hold on to that. They started out on what proved to be a looping detour after seven days on this detour they had run out of water for both their army and their animals. Little backstory: these three kings have been attacked by a Moabite king. And so what's happened is Israel, the nation, has split into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. And now this other king that's with the northern king of Israel and the southern king of Israel, which is called Judah, the, the other king is kind of just thrown in there because he's affiliated with these two kings. And so what's happened is you've got two guys Two kings with their armies and all the animals for sacrificing God and for, for eating and all that stuff. All of that, they're, they're riding around, they're, they're walking around, they're marching around the desert because a king has challenged them to war. And so they thought they were going to get the upper hand and meet them in war. But instead, they ended up just marking, marching around for seven days. And now they're out of supplies, they're out of goods, and they're out of water. And so this is what happened. The king of Israel says bad news. I love the message translation of the Bible. Like how many of y'all know King James, the thou's and he showeth and thoueth and all that stuff? I love that because it's so beautiful. Um, but sometimes you just got to break it down just a little bit, right? Well, you got to talk plain, which I get it and I love it. And I, I read the King James ver version of the Bible more than any. But the message translation just has this way of uh, kind of just speaking to you that's easy to understand and real plain. And, and I joke a lot because there's actually a spot in the Message Bible where it's talking about how little our issues are compared to God. And it says, all your problems are small potatoes. And so, you know, I'm pretty sure the recipe for Rice Krispie Treats is in there somewhere. But it's just so sweet. And it's really cool to see kind of the different interpretations of the Bible. And so what happens is the king of Israel says, bad news, fellas. God has gotten us three kings out here to dump us into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat. One of the other kings said, isn't there a prophet of God anywhere around through whom we can consult God? And then one of the servants of the king of Israel said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is around somewhere. The one who is Elijah's right hand. And so this is what we need to understand. We're talking today about Elisha, who was the servant of the prophet Elijah. And so what happens is Elijah raised Elisha up and trained him in all his ways, and he was known as the servant of Elijah. And so what happens is when Elijah ends up leaving the earth and going to be with God the Father in heaven, Elisha inherits his mantle, which means that he inherited his, his ability to be the prophet uh, that people could speak to God through. And so that's who Elisha is. That's who this guy is. That's the right-hand man of Elijah. 
And so Jehoshaphat says in verse 12, good, a man we can trust. So the three of them, the king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, and the king of Edom went to meet him. Elisha addressed the king of Israel, what do you and I even have in common? Go consult the puppet prophets of your father and your mother. The reason Elisha is speaking to one of the kings like this is because one of the kings is the son of Ahab and Jezebel. And if you know anything about the story of Ahab and Jezebel, you know that they were the most wicked rulers in all of Israel's history. And so the son, the next generation, the lineage of the worst king and queen in Israel's history is the other king that he's speaking to. And so Elisha says to him, why don't you go talk to the prophets of Baal and all the prophets and the wickedness that your parents talked to and spoke to? Why don't you see if they'll talk to God for you? And so he tells him to kind of basically just, you know, run off. I got nothing. What are you even doing here? And so then he says, never. It's God who's gotten us into this mess, into this fix, dumping all three of us kings into the hand of Moab. And Elisha responds and says, as the God of the angel armies lives and before whom, or before whom I stand, ready to serve, if it weren't for the respect that I have for Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not give you the time of day. And so it's really funny how we need to understand, and this isn't even my sermon, but this is just real good. We need to understand that if we will honor God, the prophets, and God will speak to us on behalf of God. Like, so this is what's happening in the story. You've got a couple of kings, three kings actually, and one of them is not living for God. He's not honoring God, and he's the one who's trying to speak to the prophet. But the prophet responds to him and says, if it wasn't for Jehoshaphat, who was living for God, he wouldn't even hear you out. And so that's why some of you, you need to understand your power in your workplace, your power in the school, in the hospitals, because if it wasn't for your presence in your relationship with God, he would not sometimes be able to move in mighty ways in places. And so when you walk into school, when school starts back, teenager, you need to hear me. If you're going to live for God, you need to understand there's some authority on you to speak to people who are hurting, to speak to people who are in need. Nurse, when you go back to the hospital for that midnight shift, I want you to understand you've got a power that's within you, a spirit that is the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the grave. And you need to act like it, you need to walk like it, and you also need to look like it. Because God honors who serves him. And so that's what's happened in the story. Uh, and, and I don't know, let me, let me just back up just a little bit and just say, I'm a little fired up this morning. Is that all right with y'all? I'm going to preach it like I feel it, if that's okay with you. And, and if you ever heard of a hollerback preacher, you know what that is? That means when I holler, you holler back. Let's try it real quick. Y'all ready? Jesus. There we go. Look, it's going to be good today, my goodness. I'm fired up. And so uh, let me ask this. How many are, how, who's ready to see a miracle? Come on, raise your hand. Come on, who's ready for breakthrough? Come on, who's ready to see God show up and show out in their lives? Because I believe that if we will understand what I want to talk about today, we will unlock the keys to our breakthrough. And what is that? Why dig? Why dig? Let's read what the prophet says. This will make a little bit more sense. The very next verse says, Elijah said, the God of the angel armies lives. I'll listen to you. But then he says this, bring me a minstrel. When a minstrel played, the power of God would come on Elisha. What that means, this, this word here, this is actually a harpist, a musician, a worship leader. He probably back in that day had some tattoos and skinny jeans and cool hair, right? Because that's what worship leaders look like. <laughs> 
But what happens is Elisha asked, before he even goes to consult God, he asked him to send a worshiper, a musician, because this is it. You think that we just have music in here on Sunday mornings for fun because it's cool and it looks good and it sounds good. I'm here to tell you something else. When we, the reason we have worship in here on Sunday mornings is for that reason, to worship God. And when we begin to lift him up with the sound of music that is anointed to him, that is given him he will show up in your situation that's why the power of God came on Elisha when the musicians started playing and so you need to stop disengaging during worship you need to start engaging during worship because there's some things in your life that if you will worship through God will work them out that's let me get back to that's not even a sermon goodness gracious let me put this down and so he calls for the, the worship leader to come, and, and then this is what happens. Elisha then said, God's word. So quick, so easy. So if some of you, you've been, you've been wanting some word, you've been wanting God to speak to you, start worshiping. He'll speak to you. He'll speak to you. Start turning on some worship music in the car on the way to work in the morning. Tell me if he don't speak to you. I mean, but you got to engage, though. You know, you can't just turn it on and be passive. But this is what happens. God's word comes forth, and this is what he says. Elisha says, God's word says, dig ditches all over the valley that they were in. Dig ditches. That's what I come to talk to you about today. It's time we started digging some ditches. Yeah, yeah. It sounds silly, doesn't it? It sounds silly, but what's happening in the scripture here is these men of God are asking, or not, well, not all of them are men of God. These men, these kings are asking God for a miracle. They want to go to figure out what do they do now. They're, they're, they're hungry. They're thirsty. They're dying in the middle of a drought, in the middle of a famine. They're asking for a sign. How many of you have ever done it? Who's ever done that before? I've done it. God, you know, I mean literally, like, God, give me a sign. I don't know if I should marry this person. Give me a sign. I don't know if I should go back to school. Give me a sign. Come on. Can we be real? I don't know if I need to leave my spouse. Give me a sign. I don't know if I need to start getting another job. That's what happened to me. When Brittany and I first got married, not, not all that, not all that stuff I just said. I'm using examples. Come on. What happened to me was when we, Brittany and I first got married, um, both of us were moving out of our parents' house. We had never lived on our own, and we were doing that for a reason, because you save money. That's a life hack, young folks. And so we were living, <laughs> my dad said, right? <laughs> we were living in our, in our parents' house. We moved out at the same time into an apartment. And so there was a lot to get used to all at once, right? And so we're moving out, and I've been praying and asking God, and we've been talking, and um, I've been asking God, I need a sign because I got bills now and I didn't have bills before and so we got to pay the bills because bills just keep coming and you got to pay bills or you lose stuff, right? And so I've been asking God, God, give me a sign. Do I need to get another job or a different job or two jobs? And I've been praying for a sign and it wasn't too long after I prayed for a sign that the utility bill, the first utility bill showed up. And let me tell y'all, just a disclaimer real quick. I like to sleep with it ice cold in the house. We got any ice cold sleepers? Come on, you got three fans on and the air is on 65. Not that low. Good Lord. That's a meat locker. But what happened is that bill came through, and I didn't need a sign anymore because that was my sign. Because the bill was more than I had in the bank account. Can somebody testify to that this morning? And so I had to get another job. There was my sign. But that's just so funny because we do that all the time. We, we ask God for signs, but, but what happens is in our lives, we think that we need him to show up and show out. And we don't have to show up. You see, what I really meant when I prayed for God to give me a sign is like, God, send a check in the mail. God, give me, give, give me a raise at my job. But see, that's what's funny. We never want to work for it. We never want to work for it. You've been praying for a promotion, but you can't even show up on time. Good Lord. 
right. You've been praying for a spouse, but you ain't even somebody anybody want to be with. Like if, if all of them, if you lose everybody you date, the common denominator is not everybody you date. It's you. And so we got to realize that if we want God to work a miracle, we got to work ourselves. Come on. And so that's what happens. They wanted a sign. They wanted God. They, they remember the story of Moses, and they remember Noah, and they remember all the, all the things that had happened. They were Jewish men. They grew up reading about the, the works of God. And so they remembered all the miracles. And that's what T.D. Jake says. He says, you see my glory, but you don't know my story. And that's what these kings saw. They saw the glory that had worked in God and through God in the past, but they didn't understand that they were going to have to do something for it. So they thought, let's just go to the prophet. He'll speak to us. Everything will be great. God will do a miracle. Woo. But instead, they go to the men of God, and the men of God goes, go dig some ditches. What? What are you? That's ridiculous. First of all, we're kings, dude. We don't dig ditches, bro. We have people that do that for us. But instead, he tells these men of God to humble. Come on, because sometimes you got to get low. You got to get humble if you want to break through. You can't walk around all high and mighty thinking God's going to bless you looking down on everybody else. And so he says, you know what? No, no. Go dig some ditches. And what, what's funny about that is just how ridiculous it sounds, right? Like, these are men, these are men of mighty valor. I mean, they're kings. Why are you telling them to go dig ditches? And so that's what's happened. They got in the mess. They're asking God for a sign. But this is something that I learned in this scripture. Are you ready for this? You need to write this down. Write this down. No matter how big your mess is, you can always go to the master. Come on. These men, some of them weren't living for God. I don't care where you're at today. If you feel like you've been not living for God. Or if you have been living for God like Jehoshaphat. Or if you just, you don't even know how you got there. Like the third king. We don't even know his name. He's just there. I'm like, I don't even know how I got here this morning. Whatever. It's cool. It's all right. It doesn't matter where you're at. This is what I can tell you. You can always, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter who you are or who you have been, what you did and who you did it with, it doesn't matter. You can always go to the master. He's always got arms that are open wide. I'm here to tell you this morning, you need a miracle. You need a breakthrough. You need a relationship with God. All you have to do is get down and dig. That's all you got to do. That's all you've got to do. And so what's funny is these three kings, they, they begin to do that, and they, they were believing, they were asking, they were seeking God's word, and they got it. Boy, did they get it. Dig ditches. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time. Say this, it's about. Come on, louder than that. It's about time you dug some ditches. Really. You've been asking God for this, asking him for that. It's time to start digging some ditches. It's time to start digging some ditches because this is what happens. He says, dig ditches all over this valley, and the, the man of God says, here's what's going to happen. You won't hear the wind or see rain, but this valley is going to fill up with water, and your army and your animals will drink their fill. This is easy for God to do. This is small potatoes. But this is what else he says. He will also hand over Moab to you. You will ravage the country, knock out its fortifications, level the key villages, clear out the orchards, clog the springs, and litter the cultivated fields with stones. Come on, they're going to take over. My goodness. So not only is he saying you're go, you're, your need's going to get met, God's going to supply your need, but he's also going to defeat your enemy. I don't know about you, but I'd start digging. I'd start digging. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna give me water and food? You're going to take care of all of us? And not only that, we're going to win? We thought we were, they just got done saying God brought us out here to die. Anybody ever felt like that? Your marriage falling apart, you feel like 
God, you, would it, would, did this just happen for it to fall apart? You get fired from your job, a career you've been working in or working for for a long time, and you just feel like, this is it. What, what, what has happened? What is going on? God, did you set me up to fail? Hey, come, can we be real in church? I don't know about you, but I've had to ask God, did you set me up to fail, God? But then I'm reminded the word says that those who put their hope in God will never, 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 never be put to shame. And so you've got to remind yourself. You've got to remind yourself. But this is ridiculous. God says, go dig some ditches. And then on top of that, there's not going to be any rain? What? We're in the desert. There's got to be rain for water to show up. No wind. There's no river anywhere around them. This is crazy. This is ridiculous. What do you do with that? What do you do that with, with, with that? When God tells you, when you're asking for a sign and God doesn't give you a sign, he tells you to do something. Come on, when you're asking for a miracle and God gives you a mission, did you hear me? You're asking God for a miracle and he says, you know what, matter of fact, I got a mission for you. I got something for you to do. What do you do with that? I know this much. If you want to encounter the miraculous, you've got to embrace the ridiculous. got to. You've got to. You, you can't be afraid to look silly. Three kings had to, in their kingly robes, start digging ditches in front of their armies. In front of, and now I'm sure the armies were helping them. But still, you, they usually ride around on horses just like circling the battle. They don't ever get in the battle. They don't ever have to do that. They're kings. But instead, they start digging ditches. They embrace the ridiculous to receive the miraculous. And so I need some, I need some help. Trey, come here. Come help me. Y'all give it up for Trey. Handsome young man. You're going to help me out this morning. Y'all didn't know it. This is my little brother right here. You, go, you ready? You ready? I got a question for you, Trey. As a matter of fact, give me this. Give me this right here. I got a question. God's saying dig some ditches. My question to you is can you dig it? Yeah. Can you dig it? Yeah. Can you dig it? Yeah. You sure you can dig it? Yeah. You sure? You sure? And I'm, what I want you to do is I want you to come over here and I want you to start digging, okay? All right. That's all I want you to do. Just dig. God, didn't God told him what was going to happen, but like, okay, we're going to dig ditches, but no rain, no, no, no storm, no nothing. No, what's going to happen? A river going to come about the earth? What's going to happen, God? Do, what's the miracle going to be? And God just says, go dig ditches. You'll win if you dig ditches. That doesn't make any sense. That's ridiculous. Think about that. They're in the desert. It's ridiculous. But this is what he says. Dig ditches. Except, uh, this is mine. This is my shovel. I got, a, I got a different shovel for you. I got something else for you. Hold that. You can't have it. Just hold it. Here you go. That's for you. Because God, come on, that's funny. But here's the thing. Here, you need this too, don't you? God often won't bless you with the big things until you're faithful in the little things. See, you've been asking, God told you, you know what, it's time to start digging. And you thought, you know what, okay, I'll do it. I, I, it's going to be good. I'm going to have all kinds of help. It's going to be great. But then God says, no, I need you to get started with this little bitty shovel. And it's ridiculous. Look at him. But the question God, <laughs> the question God is asking each and every one of you this morning is, can you dig it? Are you willing to get ridiculous to embrace the miraculous? 
Are you willing to dig when you're the only person in the room digging? Are you willing to dig when everybody doubts you? Are you willing to dig when you doubt yourself, when your husband doubts you, when your wife doubts you, when your family doubts you? Are you willing to dig when you just look dumb? You see, this is what happened. Trey, thank you. Thank you. Y'all give it up for Trey. Man, look at that. You keep that. That's your shovel. That's for you. You remember this. <laughs> you see, what's happening is a lot of us, me included, we've been praying for signs, and God says, but I got a shovel. You've been praying for God to give you a sign, but God is looking at you this morning saying, but I've got a shovel. I've got a shovel for you. And I don't know what the shovel could represent. We're not told in the Bible that they actually used shovels. I'm assuming they had shovels back then. But here's what's funny. Those kings had to do a service. They had to serve. And so I don't know what it is for you this morning, but another question is what's your shovel? What is it that God is giving you to steward? to use to get to work. Maybe he's given you a gift to sing. Maybe he's given you a gift of administration. Maybe he's given you a creative gift. Maybe he's given you a gift of mentorship. Maybe he's given you leadership. Maybe he's given you uh, uh, influence, whatever it would be, affluence. It doesn't matter. What is the shovel that God is giving you and he's asking you today, will you dig no matter what? Will you dig when you're the only person doing it? Will you dig when it doesn't make sense? Will you dig in the middle of a drought? In the middle of a desert. What do you do when God gives you a shovel instead of a sign? You want to know what you do? You pick up the shovel and you start digging. Don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. Because God is wanting to know if you're going to be faithful. That's what he wants to see. Are you willing to embrace ridiculous before I send a miracle? Are you willing to dig? Are you willing to just pick up the shovel? Because this is it. You want God to do it? God says, dig it. God says, dig it, and he'll do it. Say it to your neighbor. If you'll dig it, come on, if you'll dig it, God will do it. But what's crazy is if three people in this room believe that, they would flip their lives upside down. If you believe that if you started digging... You've been believing, you, you, you feel God's called you to this, called you to that. Just start digging. Don't ask questions. Don't get worried. Don't get concerned because it's easy to. But what he's saying to you is if you're faithful, I will bless you. Do not get weary in well-doing because in the end, you will reap a harvest. Dig. Just dig. Keep digging and digging and digging. And if you keep digging it, he'll do it. You dig? You digging what I'm saying? you dig it, he'll do it. Here's the, here's the third thing I want you to write down. Believe before the blessing. You've got to believe before the blessing. You can't wait till the blessing gets there to start believing God. You're waiting on God to bring breakthrough, and you don't even believe he's going to actually bring it. I'm telling you, if you don't believe before it, you won't receive it. That's like, that's like you're waiting to tithe until you get enough money to tithe. Oh, is that Okay. I mean, that's the word. I'm, all I'm doing is preach. I didn't make that rule. 
But you see, you've got to believe and be faithful before you get the blessing. Well, you've got to worship before everything works out. You can't wait till everything works out in your life to start worshiping God, lifting your hands, clapping your hands, jumping up and down, singing. You've got to believe before the blessing. That's how this works. That's what they had to do. That's why God told them to dig the ditches. If you, because here's what's funny. Here's what's funny, and we'll get into this. It actually does make sense to dig in the middle of a downpour. The problem is there wasn't any rain. And so it makes sense to dig a ditch in the desert in the middle of a drought before. That doesn't make sense. But it makes sense when it's raining. Because what do you do if you're in the desert and it starts raining? What are you going to do? This? You're only going to get so much. Bubba, you got to do something. You got to use your brain. You're going to have to find something that can hold the water so it can sustain you for a longer period of time. And so it's not uncommon to dig ditches in the middle of downpours so that your animals and the, and the different cattle and the other people could all come and drink of that water. Now, here's what's funny. You couldn't hang out there too long because after a minute, the water would get stagnant and it would become poisonous. And what would happen is you would drink of it and you get sick. And that's why the Bible, when it refers to the Spirit of God, calls it living water. Because it's water that is always, it's living, first of all, but it's always moving. So it's always fresh. So you can always drink. Whenever you're thirsty, you ain't got to worry about if that was yesterday's water. Because his water is today's water. He, he told the woman at the well, you will drink and thirst no more. But he's living water. So that makes sense to dig a ditch when it's raining. The problem is, it wasn't raining. And, it, and what's funny is, I believe that the reason most people don't dig is because the ground's too tough. It's too hard. Whatever God's called you to do, and it scares you, you get scared, you don't want to do it. You don't want to do the hard work. God wants to use you, but he wants you to work too. He wants you to get, he wants to know that you're not going to take for granted the miracle. Because if you had to help dig the ditch to, to carry the miracle, you'll look back and go, son, daughter, you remember this? Look at that. That ditch, I dug that ditch. And when I dug that ditch, God restored my marriage. He restored our family. He restored our finances. But you've got to be willing to dig. And so, and this is, somebody in this room, you feel like you're in a desert season. You heard that language. Have you heard that language? Somebody, you've been using that language. God, I feel like I'm, everything around me is dry. Everything, my, I ain't heard from God. I don't feel him anymore. I don't, I, don't feel like I, I don't feel like I'm as close to God as I used to be. I feel dry. I'm in a dry season. That's all it is. It'll work itself out. I'm here to tell you this morning, God says if you'll dig in the middle of that drought, there'll be a downpour. If you will be willing to dig in the middle of that desert season, there's going to come a downpour. But if you haven't built any and dug any ditches, you won't be able to sustain it. And you'll be right back where you started, thirsty. Thirsty. Joey, come on back up. Stand up on your feet, please. See, most of the time, rain would come. This was common. Rain would come, and when the rain came, it would soften the ground. And because the ground had become soft, you could then use your hands or whatever tools you had to start to dig a ditch. It was a lot easier. It was a lot easier. And it made the workload so much lighter. But here's something that we need to understand, and I'm, I'm telling you, this will set you free. It's, been setting, it's still setting me free. I'm still working through this. You've got to do the hard work for God to do his work. Sometimes you've got to do the hard work before God works. 
And so if you're not willing to do that, believe before the blessing. Believe before the breakthrough. Worship before it works out. Serve before you see it. Oh, Serve the house of God before you see the miracle. Serve your family before you see the breakthrough. Serve your spouse. Serve your kids. Serve your parents. Serve whatever it is. Serve your boss before you get the promotion. You've got to serve before you see it. And so the question, still the same question, can you dig? Are you willing to dig out the ditch that God has called you to dig? Because if you are, miracles coming. Breakthrough is coming. Increase is coming. Promotion is coming. You've got to make up your mind. I'm willing to dig. You've got to make up your mind and realize what is the shovel God's given me. And then lastly, again, you've got to believe before you get it. You've got to believe before you get it. If you want God to do it, he's saying dig it. He's saying dig it. Pick up the shovel. Let's go. Let's go. We sing about breakthrough. Can we, I'm ready to stop singing just about breakthrough and start seeing breakthrough. I'm tired of singing about breakthrough and not seeing breakthrough. I'm tired of singing about revival and not seeing revival. I'm tired of singing about restoration and not seeing restoration. I'm tired of believing for things and not seeing. We got to keep on digging. When you get tired, keep digging. When you feel lonely, keep digging. When you feel like you're not getting anywhere, the, the hole's the same size it was a minute ago, keep digging. God called you to dig it out. Don't put down that shovel too soon. Don't go grow weary in well-doing because in the end you'll reap a harvest. I've seen too many people who were believing God for this, believing God for that, who were believing to be a part of ministry. I grew up with a lot of people, a lot of young people around me when I was in youth who, who were believing to be a ministry and believing for revival and were believing for the, I mean, I came up in a youth group that wasn't playing games. Like, if you were sick, you wanted those teenagers to pray over you. We weren't playing games. We didn't have pizza parties at church. We had prayer meetings at church. We came up all during the summer to intern and pray and listen to what it meant to be a ministry. We weren't playing games. But I know so many young people who I grew up with who gave up too soon, who were praying for their parents to get involved and their parents to get saved, and they gave up right on the edge of it. And I know way too many people who were believing for something, but they grew weary and gave up and put down the shovel. And then when the harvest came, they were nowhere around to see it because they had thrown in the towel. And Jesus showed us, you can't throw in the towel. You pick up the towel. Man, come on back up. Jesus showed us. You know, we got to bring this back to Jesus. This is all about Jesus. This is all about Jesus. Jesus is at the Last Supper with the disciples. He's sitting at the table. They're eating a meal together. And out of nowhere, Jesus pushes back the plate that he's been eating from. He stands up out of his chair. He takes off his robe, his outer robe, which would have signified that he was a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi, a Jewish leader. That in this room, he was of the highest stature, spiritually, obviously, because he's God. But also because of his position in the religious world. He takes off his robe. He pushes back the plate. And then guess what he does last? He picks up a towel and begins to wash the disciples' feet. The disciples start freaking out. No, no, I, I, no, you ain't washing my feet. I'm washing your feet. Uh-uh. 
This is twisted. And Jesus tells them to stop. Actually tells them to get behind them, Satan. And here's what happens. Jesus continues to wash their feet. And he says, the Son of God came not to be served, but to serve. And so if you want to see the breakthrough, if you want to see the miracle, come on, pick up your shovel and start serving. Pick up the towel and start serving. Push back the plate. Haven't you been eating long enough? It's time to start feeding your family. It's time to start feeding your family. Come on. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Jesus. in this room this morning I just want to pray for you if this has been for you if God is telling you it's time to start digging if he's asking you pick up are you going to pick up the shovel if this has been for you I want you to raise your hand right now I'm just going to pray for you God bless you I see your hand I see your hand to my left I have two hands one hand three hands four hands come on keep them up keep them up I believe that this is the moment of breakthrough for you come on this is the faith you're stepping out you're picking up the shovel and I believe that this is going to change things in your life Dear Lord Jesus, I ask that you would give them the strength to keep fighting, to keep pushing, to keep digging. I that you would illuminate people around them that they needed to connect with who say, you know what? I'm digging too. Why don't we dig together? Because there's something about when two or more come together. God, I just thank you. I just thank you. God, I thank you for the breakthrough. Every head bowed, every eye still closed. If you're in this room this morning and you say, you know what, Pastor Darren?